Okay, well, we're here back again with another uh, episode of our New Depths podcast. Um, we're in the back warehouse area of NESPA headquarters in Hamilton, New Jersey. Some of you have probably been back here for programs, classes. Uh, some, a lot of you probably haven't. This is where we have our, our liner test pool. We do a variety of trainings back here. Uh, some of our best manufacturing partners use this space as well for their trainings. Uh, one of the classes that we often do, we do it annually, is a liner class. We do liner replacement class, and obviously other liner topics are woven into that. And the person who's taught that for years is Mr. Frank Christiana from the Liner Specialist. He does that program in partnership with Mar uh, Merlin Industries. So Frank's sitting down with us today to talk a little bit about that program, his business, um, liner pools in general, um, and I don't know, we may, maybe we'll work a little baseball in. <laughs> we'll see, but let's start the way we start. Frank, a lot of folks probably know you from teaching and, and whatnot, but, but many don't. So um, who are you? What do you do? How'd you get into business? So I used to work for a university, and I got uh, when we got laid off, uh, I was living with two techs, and uh, the boss walks in one day and says, what, what are you doing? And I said, I'm unemployed. He goes, well, why don't you come work for us? And I didn't know anything about a pool. I knew a pool held water. You swam in it. I didn't know a pump from a filter or a return from a skimmer. So I uh, went out, sold a couple of jobs, was trained, uh, learned it in a paper presentation, not a PowerPoint presentation as we use today. And uh, three years with him, and then uh, was with my ex-partner about five years, and since '01, I've uh, been doing it uh, on my own. A uh, little help from my wife in the beginning, and now 5,000 plus liners later, uh, we're knee deep in renovations of all aspects when it comes to vinyl pools, uh, liners, wall work, skimmers, returns, you name it. Uh, we just don't marble dust and tile. We do safety covers. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of uh, a broad scope of where we are in today's yeah. market. It's interesting um, doing talking to, to folks who've been in the business for 20 years, 25 years, even pushing 30 years. Um, that that's really only the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, every time someone says 30 years, I feel like that that's gotta be 1975, right? <laughs> no. It is. It's, it's coming up on 30 years right now. Yeah. Great. Um, li liners, <coughs> pardon me. Um, we do a lot of programming for the pool industry and there's always a lot of talk about concrete and concrete pool, even liner pools often incorporate concrete into whether it's the flat work or the walls or whatever. And I, I understand that, but, um, Liner pools are more prevalent than than uh, a lot of people realize. I think we don't talk about them quite as much in the educational space, but it's a it's a huge part of the market here in the Northeast. The Northeast, I would think it's probably eighty five percent of the market is vinyl. Vinyl is king around here. Uh, gunite and fiberglass uh, creeping up, uh, probably maybe five to seven percent and growing. Uh, there are a couple of builders in the Tri-State area that are doing a really nice job. Uh, but vinyl is king. We're still working on vinyl pools from the 60s and the 70s, and the steel was built really well. Uh, the builder did a nice job of building the bones well, and I tell people, you know, it's like changing the tires on the car. The liner needs to be changed, and other things are now coming into fruition. New floors, adding steps, new track, new plumbing. Uh, people are ripping out concrete decks and now doing pavers or natural stone. Yeah. So the industry is morphing, but in the Northeast, uh, vinyl is still king. And do you have a lot of folks who reach out to you to replace their 
their liners for aesthetic reasons as much as because there's damage or there's a rip or something like that? Well, in 1999, we probably had our biggest, we did have our biggest year. We did over 500 liners, but we were serving, servicing such a large area from Philly to Montauk to Brewster. And uh, back then the money was flowing and people move into a house. I don't want to swim in anybody else's pool. You know, change the liner. The liner's a little faded. Change the liner. Uh, then the economy went down and then it was patch this. Can you get me one more year? And now things are getting better. And, uh, it is changing because now the newer generation uh, buying the houses and they are now changing concrete into pavers and full length steps and, um, no borders. Uh, on the liners, which are making it look more like a concrete pool and textured material like the pool here. We did a textured material, so it's has that sensory perception of a gunite pool without the cost of a gunite pool. Right. If that's something that folks haven't done, and, and uh, I, I'm always trying to make sure when we're having these conversations, right, that you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the idiot in the room. <laughs> My job, I'm like you were 30 years ago in your college dorm room. I, I don't, I was a varsity swimmer <laughs> in high school. I've swam in a lot of pools. Um, but I, I, you know, there's a lot of different types of companies, right? Within our memory, we have straight service companies, service retail, um, full, full boat, uh, concrete specialists, vinyl liner specialists. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a lot of work that goes into taking an existing liner pool, and if someone is doing those, so they want, they're doing a cantilever concrete deck, um, or some, somehow they want to redo the coping in a different format, different material that was there before. Um, from the liner side, is there a lot that you have to upgrade, change? Does it change the way that the, the pool goes together, or, or you're just still kind of changing out the liner? Well, hanging the liner is now taking out the old rim lock coping, which is that white band that went around the pool that was a la, you know, late seventies, eighties into the nineties. It was a extruded aluminum band that was double purpose holding the concrete and the liner. So now taking out that, you take out the deck to do the pavers and there's a track called an extrusion. That is now at the top of the wall and the liner hangs from that. And now you can cantilever either your cementitious uh, like Unilock, Cambridge, CST and other manufacturers that do bullnose or an actual uh, bluestone or other natural stones that cantilever over that to make it look more modern and more up to date. Yeah. So 5,000 plus liners in the ground. What is, you've got to have a couple out of 5,000 that are still in your head as far as, you know, you showed up and you kind of went, what am I looking at? Or how did that happen? Or, you know, like weird instances of unique challenges with a, with a replacement or a, or a repair on a, on a liner pool. There's some, there's some that are, you could tell a homeowner did it, a mason did it for himself that are just not the norm. You know, the standard cut, you have your Heldor, your Buster Crab, your Imperial, your uh, Esther Williams, uh, and Sylvan. Um, we went to one the other day. It was a pocket of vinyl, and there was an aluminum in there, and my assistant was like, what the heck is this? And I said, well, that's what they tried to do, and now we can take it out, put steel in that, rip that out, put fiberglass in there. Uh, the most intricate and the most difficult is putting liners into a gunite pool. You know, that's not for the faint of heart. We can change something that has a structural damage and putting a liner into it. And with laser technology now that we use, 
It makes that liner look like I have pictures that we just did last year. One looked like a fiberglass pool. The other one looks like it was painted on. It was just absolutely perfect. And I don't use that word P, that P word that often. So that's in the, uh, that's in the, your field work, making sure the measurements are, are, you know, dead on and all of that. But also then obviously the liner manufacturer has to very, that's a custom built. I mean, all liners are custom. Right. It's a team effort. I, you know, I take as much credit as I'm deserved, but you know, even if it's just straight line measurement, it's, I have to measure the manufacturer has to put together a nice piece of material and then my installers have to put it in the right spot. So it's always a team effort, no matter who, what company it is. It's just that you can't just say, Oh, the manufacturer did a great job. Well, if it wasn't measured right and wasn't installed right, you're not getting the round hole in, in, to the, uh, the round peg into the square hole. It's just not going to work. I mean, that's like every other aspect of the industry. Um, the, the relationship between what happens in the field, what happens with the distri- distribution, what happens with the manufacturer and then back down, you know, up, up and then back down, mm-hmm. whatever the, whatever the, the build is that everything it, it's, it's very much a team, whether it's just getting the stuff, getting the stuff on time, having things drop, you know, together. So the job doesn't stop, whether it's custom pieces like a cover or a, or a liner or whatever, right? Like it's a, the industry's a, it has a team to, that it, it is like that. And the one good thing that I have now of 30 years, I'm picking up the phone, especially in COVID times, I'm picking up the phone and I'm making phone calls and getting things done that my assistant is just like, how'd you do that? I said, well, I've known that guy for 20 years. I've known that lady for 15 years. They, I do a lot of work over there. I spend a lot of money over there. They, they're going to tout to me a little bit more than that other place that I didn't spend too much. So having these relationships, whether it be the mason, the, 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 the distributor, the manufacturer, you know, and sometimes, you know, I will get things done for me that no one else will get done only because I've been around a long time and you do make those special relationships with other people. I mean, it's what we talk about with Nespo all the time through, through COVID, especially this inability to meet. Right. And obviously, you know, we had a modified show this year and we haven't done as many in-person chapter meetings and things like that. Um, but we found a lot of great ways to deliver educational content, but what people seem to be craving right now is the, association part of the association, the mm-hmm. actual associating with people, the, the, the talking, walking between classrooms, the right. coffee breaks, the whatever, because there's so much that comes out of that, that, that you, in the moment, it's a great conversation, but then you're, you're leaving a job and you're driving and you're going, do I still have that guy's number? Because he said he had the same thing that I just saw. Right. right? You know, and when I, I'm lucky enough that, uh, Mark and I have done a few down in Atlantic city with having 160 people in the class. Uh, you know, we were also one, one year with the diver and he said, Oh, your competitions in the audience. And I was like, Oh, okay. Is that a compliment? You know, <laughs> and there really are no secrets nowadays. You, you just, you try to educate because right now at 59, the next generation's right around the corner. My assistant's 22. Uh, I'm showing him stuff that he just has no idea what he's looking at. Yeah. And yes, I miss some of my associates that I go to Atlantic City to and see and sit in some of the other business classes that we sit on a regular basis. Yeah. And we sit next to each other and we chat and we'll grab a beer. And yeah, that, that we, we all miss that, but it's good that we still could talk to each other and help each yeah. other out and reach out to each other. And through the association and through meeting through uh, people through the years, 
you know, you make these connections. And I think that's like that in any industry. Sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. So speaking about classes, ones you've taught or, or um, here or in the show or, or, or anywhere else you might have done it, what are some things teaching, teaching liner installation as much as you have that are sort of common questions, right? Like things that when you, it's always a different, every year it's a different group of people that come through. Um, I've looked at the rosters, you know, sometimes it's the guy that owns the business that's getting a refresher. Sometimes it's someone who's just hired this year, right? You have different people. What are some things that come up more often than not when you're going through? Uh, you know, I'm not sure if there is a good set of questions that come up. We, it seems like the classes are very eclectic from maybe upper management to the rookie. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's just so much that goes on here and in Atlantic City that we cover so much. And I, and I think we're proud that we do cover so much yeah. that, um, I don't know if they're common questions that come up. There's just so many little different questions that come up and it's nothing really comes to mind. Um, you know, maybe something like how does that liner hang through that track? You know that, and here it is. Uh, another thing is today we talked about black algae and black algae permeate permeating through the vinyl. How does this membrane hold water and, but does allow black algae to grow through the bottom. Right. That, that, that is a question we get because we do talk about the, the staining of the liner. So that's probably one of the questions that's hard for the veteran like myself to even fathom. And the rookie right. is totally amazed that, you know, how does that happen? So, you know, things like that. How does the liner attach to this? You know, does, uh, does the liner get glued to the wall? No, it just hangs in the water pressure. So that's maybe a common question that, that we yeah. get from someone that's never done it before. But it seems like most of the people coming in here have a little bit of experience okay. and they're looking to take it up to the next level, uh, interested of the tricks of the trade as we're promoting it. Yeah. And in Atlantic City and in here, uh, I read some of the reviews already and they crave more hands-on. So it's hard because a class like this could be literally two days and, and maybe not even cover everything. Right. So, uh, it, it, it is a, a very extensive learning process to putting in a liner. The theories are easy to grasp, yeah. but you know, the practicalities are, you know, take time. Right. You got to do it. Right. But you got to get your hands dirty. Right. Or you gotta, wet, the or wet. <laughs> That's right. I don't think people that aren't in this industry have any appreciation for how heavy water is. Yes. <laughs> how you don't need to, it, it will hold it in place because it's that. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, totally unrelated, putting you on the spot. One of the first things I knew about you when I first met you when I started at Nespa was that you're a baseball player. Right. And how many wins are the Mets going to have this year? <laughs> Okay, are we playing 162 games? I think that's their goal. Um, I'm shooting for 92. That would be a good year, wouldn't it's it? Lofty, but I think so. Yeah. And then, then again, it's you know everybody stays healthy. Yeah. Well, but we have a, it's a tough division though. Everybody in that division is extremely, I mean, extremely. The Braves well. come back like they did. Oh, last the Braves, year. the Phillies, even the Marlins made the playoffs last year. So. Yeah. You know, listen, I'm a very optimistic Mets fan. Are you? They're hard to find. They are it's hard like, to it's find. It's like Jets fans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just for you, Barry. <laughs> nice. Well, um, anything else you want to, you want to, you want to share before we wrap up? Um, 
I just, I, I like everybody to understand that recommending things to homeowners uh, is, is a win-win if done properly. Don't be afraid to tell them what the unknowns are because it can only be worse at the end. If you can ascertain what something may happen, that's great. Uh, not everybody's clairvoyant and is going to see that after 30 years. It's even hard for me to do that, but you know, be honest with the customers, be clear and, um, and do the best you can at all times. And that's what we try to do. And that's why we're still around here 30 years later yeah. is doing the best we can. Everybody in our membership, um, always wants the same thing for, to elevate the profile of the industry. And I think not just pool contractors, but contractors in general sometimes can, can pick up this, you know, bad reputation of just kind of, you know, there's a fly by night or, Oh, well, he's just a contractor. Of course he didn't get back to me, that kind of stuff. And I think it's, it's incumbent upon everybody who is a professional to act as professional as possible. And like you're saying with, with honesty, talking to the homeowner, don't shy away from bringing them problems, but don't, you know, uh, don't oversell a situation either. Like just give them the facts, give them the information and, and, and help them make, make good decisions. And, you mm-hmm. should, and more often than not, you'll come out on the better side of that deal. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Great. Well, Frank Christiana, the liner specialists, um, educator here at Nespa, uh, longtime pool guy, longtime member. Um, glad you're able to do this. Today. It was a good conversation about vinyl liners. Thank you. And Thanks industry. for having me. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for watching and we'll see you next time.